0: Hello and welcome to Penalty Box Radio here on ESPN 102.5 The Game. Justin Bradford, Glenn Blackwell, Producer Jared taking care of us behind the glass. And it's our it's our second to last episode of PBR Live on these airwaves. It's our mm. season recap. And if this was our normal season, it'd still be April. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> God. Uh, <laughs> Season recap episode, we'll discuss everything that has been dominating these airwaves the past two days, but you know what? We have to give our take as well on this, and Boyd Farish, a penalty boxer, will be joining us later in the show, and then, folks, I'm so excited.
1: I'm I'm even more excited. excited than you are excited.
0: I'm sure people that are listening are very excited as well. We are bringing back Dumb Things Said on Pred's Facebook. Oh my God, am I pumped. (laughs)
1: <laughs> I'm super pumped because I've known this is happening, and I haven't gotten to read what these are that Justin's gonna read. Uh, so uh, it's like going back to old times.
0: I, I, I'm not gonna say they're like elite ones like I found before. Yeah, but they're but
1: good. But I'm sure
0: they are good. They're they're ones are gonna just make just having go, it back mm-hmm. is good. Just having it back is great. Well, one more time, you know, mm-hmm. we're bringing old it back. Time's sake. We're gonna run it back like the Preds have so many times. We're just oh. gonna we're gonna run it back. There we go. You know, keep trying things, and it's not going to work. And it's not going to work. We're, we're going to run, keep run doing it back. It anyway. <laughs> we're going to try it again. Oh, we're going to run it back right again <laughs> and try it again. And we want to keep the team together, and we're going to go and do it this time. But And then we're going to do
1: it one more time, and that's not going to work.
0: Y'all, two things that are going to trigger Preds fans when I say these. 0.1 seconds for nothing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Glenn's face, her lips just pursed so much <laughs> with the, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. y'all, this okay, I know we're, we're gonna talk to Boyd about this as well. And I think everyone is in agreement that with this series, at least against Colorado, even with goaltender Yusuf Saros, the overall result was still going to be the same. They were still going to lose the series overall. I just, I cannot see how that would have been any different given the way Colorado was playing. But could they have stolen at least a game or two? Yep. Absolutely. And I think the conversations overall would be slightly different. how they stolen a game or two? Because everyone knew Colorado was way more skilled, way faster, way more talented. But to steal a couple games showing, okay, there is some opportunity and positivity to take out of what the team did. If they were able to at least get one or two from Colorado and, and show that they could win a game mm-hmm. against this team, a team that they beat multiple times in the regular season, but it's not the regular season anymore.
2: Mm-mm.
0: But instead, this team overall, aside from Connor Ingram's fantastic performance in game two, this team got embarrassed yep. in the first round to where it looks like they didn't even get close to belonging. And also to the point that Vegas, I think, would have put up a better fight.
1: Mm-hmm. than and I the think natural predators. I saw a lot of people, and I think it's just natural to do this when you do have a Vesna, you know, finalist in Yusasara's. Seeing him out, I think people romanticize the idea of what if. What if he was in? Always, But when you do that and you say this could have been completely different with him, then you have to evaluate your team as a whole, right? right. Because it's like, no, you should be able to – Okay, worst case scenario, your goaltender is out. Your team should still be able to win a couple of games in that series with goal support. They should. Exactly. And so I think I think you can get lost in the romanticized idea and I'm like, "Well, if you are counting on USRs that much, then what is happening with the rest of your team?" You have to exactly. ask that. So, it was just it was tough to watch and I agree with you, Justin, the conversation would have been different had the Predators been able to at least squeak out one or two because then you're in a conversation of yeah we matched up against an incredibly difficult team but we found a way in a couple of these games that's what the predators could say if they were able to mm-hmm. it, they didn't i mean it was they didn't get close to that, they didn't really. even get close to the to that happening at all
0: aside from Ring's performance game too where it was like oh maybe maybe nope yeah. nope and okay. and and looking at this too it's the what if scenario of well dallas and calgary are 2-2 in their series and it's not that if you continue to win that you wouldn't eventually face Colorado, but you would have been in the Pacific at mm-hmm. that point because they yeah. don't recede. So therefore you would have been playing one of LA or Edmonton and who LA went in that series right now too. How about that? But it's more about what does it mean to win in playoff games? That's not just on ice. It's more money coming into the organization it's selling more tickets, it's building more fans, it's having that excitement what's going on downtown. It's not just a Predators thing, it's a downtown Nashville thing because you win more games, you make a series go longer, more money's coming in and everything too. It is a business, mm-hmm. and you can tell much of a business it is too with how Adam Vagan's article came out right as, like he had that ready to roll at the end of game four. I mean, it was publish, <laughs> bam, <laughs> ready to go. And I know we're we're going to jump all across the board here too But it gets into the discussion of at what point, when you look at professional sports overall, is accountability going to be higher and wanting and having bigger expectations to win championships and to win playoff games and not being content Mm -hmm. with this? And people come, well, they're not content. you think they like to lose? No, I don't think anybody likes to lose. But would you as a coach or general manager be like, you know what? I failed. I'm just going to step back. Typically, mm-hmm. no, because that means they're quitting their job. Until yeah. ownership or someone that is in charge tells them, you are not accomplishing your goals that we have set for you. We're moving on. We're sorry. And David Poyle has been a part of this organization since, since, since the start. Mm-hmm. He's been in the NHL for decades upon decades. the winningest GM in NHL history. All those accolades, which are great. But what it comes down to now... Is the future and the future of this franchise to not only open up that cup window, but to be competitive enough to win a championship. Is that a priority for the ownership group to win a championship or is it being a successful business? And as long as we are making money as a group, we are content and happy. I don't know that. What we see is content on being good business, making Mm -hmm. money on ticket sales on concession all merchandise all that as a group because we've said this before glenn is that more often than not there one are not many ownership groups in professional sports Mm -hmm. this group was pivotal in saving this team to keep them from moving to hamilton that's fantastic but in terms of big brash changes that happen you find that way more often in a one owner type of situation where it's one person owning a team and making those decisions when they have to be made Ownership groups, how often do you get a group of 15, 20 people to all agree on one thing in any scenario in human history? Not that often. So that's where the questions come into play on what the future of this franchise is going to be and are changes going to be made or is there a sense of being content with what's happening and be like, you know what? This really was a successful year because nobody picked us. I wasn't in that group that didn't say they shouldn't make the playoffs. I was in the group that said, I think this could be a playoff team. They're going to be right in the bubble. And mm-hmm. they ended up being right on the bubble. They could have been eight. They could have been nine. They could have yeah. been seven. Therefore, this team did not beat my expectations. They were at my expectations. So I don't want to hear the talk
1: well, yeah, and of, how far well they can exceeded that take, expectations. How far can that take a business and an organization if you just say, well, I mean, a lot of people didn't pick us to even make it to the first round. That's not going to get you very far, and I think that we're finally at a point. I think we're far enough removed as a fan base when I talk about the Nashville Predators fan base. I think we're far enough removed from the 2017 Stanley Cup run, right? Like, I think even just three seasons after that, people are still – like, there's still that little bit of – no, this team is capable. This team is capable. They're, and it's almost like we still had on those gold colored glasses, if you will, mm-hmm. because we were still so close to it. And so I think now, when you talk about accountability, I think that everyone is far enough removed from that, that is enjoying these games and really wants to see this team win a Stanley Cup, that are not okay with just being content with just being invited to the party you know nobody just wants just that um and I agree with you Justin my expectations were not exceeded at all I was I thought that they were going to probably find a way to slide in and closer that it got to it I started to doubt that they could possibly even (laughs) get past the first round but before that I was more confident that they could maybe work their way through a little bit. And what they found out is that they can have so many talented players, have record years, and they could not even match up to a competitive team in the NHL. And that has to be terrifying to recognize, but I think that, like I said, I think we're far enough removed now from the Stanley Cup final run that there just has to be a reevaluation. Like, we can't just Mm -hmm. say – well, remember that time when it was Ooh. when it was great. You can only you can only say that for so long.
0: And and the issue too is expectation wise, they raised expectations on themselves because they got up to like three, two in in the division. Mm-hmm. And so they they got to the end point where I thought they would be, which is right in the gray area. The route they took to get to that and this. I, you've probably heard me say this in other shows already the route they took to get to that end point of being the the bottom seed was different than what i thought it was going to be i thought it was just going to be up and down all season but they really gelled in december january and made people think wow well, maybe this is a team that could surprise people they're young they're they're rolling look what dushane and forsberg are doing da 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 well then they had a big drop off afterwards and especially in april Whew, that was rough in march so they still arrived at the same point. But they just kept falling to that instead of being right there in the mix and kind of waiting and going up and down slightly with the waves. They got to that same point. Then the other big thing with evaluation is, and I know we're going to have to get to break here shortly to bring Boyd Farish on, is that Philip Forsberg thing, which we'll discuss more in our third and fourth segment. I know some folks are saying he's not elite right now because you have to be consistent to be elite. He's very, very good at what he does. That point aside... They have to do something. They have to re-sign Philip Forsberg at this point. And the reason why they have to re-sign is to save face. Because if they do not re-sign Philip Forsberg for whatever it may cost, and you lose him for nothing, and have it happen to you again, that is ultimate failure on the part of management for the Nashville Predators. Because if you had an opportunity to receive... A huge amount of return on him and we're close but you're not close enough to get it done you're not thinking about the future of the franchise and you're selfishly thinking about the now because the future of the franchise is important to continue to make sure you have pieces coming in which for philip forsberg you would have had a player ready to roll a a prospect right there that is ready to be in the lineup and potentially another prospect plus draft picks. It wouldn't be just draft picks to be like, well, it's a lottery. You don't know what you – blah, 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 blah. Because people came at me with the laws in trade, which was not worth a second-round pick. A fourth, sure. But Philip Forzer would have brought back bodies ready to perform. If you lose him for nothing or a third or a fourth for negotiating rights, you wait and see what I say on Twitter.
1: I wish y'all could see this face. Because <laughs> to get
0: burned twice, and especially mm-hmm. for a caliber of Philip Forsberg, to say, oh, well, we treat him as a free agent pickup like they did with Mikhail Graham. That's, get out of here with that bull. Anyways, coming up next, we'll discuss more about the Nashville Predators and their failure in the postseason uh, with Boyd Farish of Penalty Box Radio. That's up next Penalty Box Radio, ESPN 1025, The Game.
1: Can't go back. There's no use giving. Don't in. give in. Don't give in. And Justin, there's no way to, to know, know what might have been. Welcome back to
0: Penalty Box Radio. <laughs> <laughs> Here in ESPN <laughs> 1025 The Game, Justin Bradford, Glenn Block, producer Jared, taking care of us with What Might Have Spinning Been. in
1: that sweet, sappy little tune. What Might it Have Been. It was very fitting.
0: Don't, just, don't, just, you know, don't take it back. No don't here we go. Okay. Boyd Farish joining us now, Penalty Boxer, making his debut on ESPN radio. This is pretty
2: awesome, right? Boyd, how you doing? I'm doing great. I I don't know what the heck I just walked into right there with that song choice. <laughs> it's us. This, this <laughs> is it was, it was pretty know, fantastic.
1: And Boyd is in studio. He had to sit here and watch this little mini oh, yeah. concert. This has
2: been so. like this 10 years in the making.
1: <laughs> send your send your well wishes to him on Twitter. Please do that.
0: For him. Uh, so, Boyd, let's just jump right in and keep it rolling on, on the Predstock here, too. Uh, we were talking off air just about how the team... Was flawed uh, from the get-go your overall take just on the season and especially the the series in general and just what you noticed
2: yeah really what it comes down to is you guys mentioned the meeting exceeding expectations and when you look at the talent on the team Forsberg Duchesne Johansson Granlund Yossi Ekholm Saros. The expectation shouldn't have been what national writers were saying based on the prior couple of seasons. There was top-level talent on this team that just didn't produce. So the expectation still should have been a quality team that is challenging for the upper echelon of the Western Conference. So the fact that they squeaked into the playoffs – Okay, great, anything can happen in the NHL playoffs. We all know that. But that's not exactly where the team should be based on the roster, the talent, the salary committed, the term of contracts committed, which is certainly a, a, a challenge. But then even with the positivity sort of generated in the beginning of the season with Matt Duchesne off to a great start, Yossi off to a great start, Forsberg doing his thing. There were serious flaws with the roster. Namely, they didn't generate offense. They finished at an unbelievable rate. And especially around the net, they they took that that Heinz model and got to the net and finished there, which was fantastic. But if you looked at their analytics, they were towards the bottom of the league by the end of the season in actually generating chances. And then with the advent of their identity, they took a ridiculous amount of penalties, not just all of the fighting majors. Okay, that was fun. It's great seeing Boro and Tanner Geno just hammer people into oblivion. But they also took so many just soft penalties, trips and slashes and high stickings and constantly put the team behind the eight ball. So, when you translate those to a playoff series against a team like Colorado that isn't going to allow themselves to just get pushed around and is also an elite offensive team themselves, that is a bad recipe,
1: and Boyd, you mentioned some of the core of this team. So, I want to dig into this a little bit because we've we've heard this team talk this season about wanting to stay competitive but also being in this rebuild. So it's like, we want to do what we need to do now, but we also want to we want to rebuild and think about the future. But when you look at the makeup of this team right now, like you mentioned, the core, there's quite a bit of that core is locked in to this roster. So what are your thoughts on what this team could possibly be looking to do as far as the rebuild that they're talking to, considering how this postseason just ended?
2: You're absolutely right. You think about... This team had two 40-goal scorers, a 90-point defenseman, a vesna level goaltender, and squeaked into the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't even just, you know, those five or six players. They had 10 players over, over 10 goals. They had five players over 60 points. And they still just squeaked into the playoffs. So if you're the front office, you can't look at this roster and say, well, let's just carry that forward and somehow it's going to get better. Yes, Philip Tomasino will probably improve. Ellie Tolvenin will probably improve. But okay, they get better, but you're probably not getting 85 goals out of Granland or uh, Forsberg and Duchesne again. You're probably not teasing 100 points out of Yossi again. So those aren't going to offset necessarily. So there probably is some bigger change that has to take place. Um, I think the first you're looking at is you have to do something with Luke Cunning and the top six in general. Hopefully you're projecting Tomasino as there and becomes more of that 50 to 60 point producer. And his true rookie season, he was around 30. That's not bad, playing mostly fourth line minutes. But if you're keeping Johansson, and at this moment I'm going to say that's a big if, you have to find somebody else who can play in that top six role and generate offense because that, that, that line with Johansson or Granlin for that matter, playing with Cunning or Tolvenin or Tomasino or cousins, they were awful offensively. They generated almost nothing and something is going to have to be looked at there. So is it going after another big dollar free agent. I mean that's that's a tough look to hand out another massive contract, but they're gonna have to look at something to make that that top six more impactful.
1: And Boyd I wanna we have to we have to ask you about Forsberg because I wanna know what you think how much of an effect do you think the way that this season ended has on Forsberg's mindset on his future here. Right, Because he, just like any other player, has been very vocal that he wants to be on a team that's going to win the Stanley Cup. He said at the exit interview, you know, I think maybe that's what, where we're headed. But how do you feel about that, knowing that he's not quite locked in yet? We don't really know who has the upper hand right now in that conversation between David Poyle and company and Philip Forsberg. We all kind of think that we do. But what do you think, like how much of an effect do you think that has on his decision to stay or go?
2: Well, we all know who has the upper hand. It's Philip Forsberg. <laughs> he he just put up a career season, is walking as a UFA in his late 20s. Half a dozen teams at least will back up the truck to whatever he's going to ask for. From, from his perspective, I mean, he, he does seem like a loyal guy and would, would want to see it through. Does that mean I – mean, certainly it doesn't mean he's taking a hometown discount or would have done that already unless – Poyle is just aggressively lowballing, which, despite some narratives about Poyle, he does actually get his players signed most of the time. Ryan Suter aside, <laughs> although based on the recent comments from Jason Arnott, maybe that wasn't a terrible thing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so you know, if if I'm putting myself in Forsberg's shoes, I mean I. I still have a number. I still have a contract that needs to be met. As long as it's close enough, I might still go with that. And, and, you know, the, the commentary is always people don't want to move their stuff. If it's close enough, he probably doesn't want to move his stuff. The team is still pretty good. You know, they're not on the precipice of just completely bottoming out necessarily. But I definitely have my eyes more on the other side of the fence than I maybe did two months ago.
0: That's fair. Boyd Farish, again, a penalty boxer, joining us here on penalty boxer at ESPN 1025 The Game. Boyd, have about a minute and a half left. And I know you said you like to talk, so I'm giving you that time crunch there. <laughs> in the situation, if there were changes that had to be made in terms of personnel that's not on the ice, so whether it's coaching, could be head coach, assistant coaches, whatnot, management, anything what would you do? And it's not saying we discuss so often here, like what we think the Preds will do because trying to put it in that perspective. But if it were you putting your cap on there, if you were in charge and ownership,
2: what would you do and want to happen? Unless David Poyle can give me a truly transformational plan. That is something beyond the last five years of run it back. Then I need a new general manager. And it's a really tough spot because they are in the middle of a really, really important contract negotiation. But if, if I don't see that path forward, I, I need a new GM Heinz. I mean, he's, he's made good strides with the team. I'm, I'm reticent to just say, okay, off with you, find somebody else. But if I'm bringing in a new GM, a GM is probably going to want their own coach. So Unless there is a very clear path forward that is presented to me that shows how this roster of expensive players with term is going to be improved fairly dramatically, then I'm looking at that staff and saying, I need a new voice in the building.
0: All right. Very fair. Thank you, Boyd. Alright, folks, that is Boyd Farish. You can find him on Twitter at Boyd underscore 1212. Uh, has great content that comes on penalty box radio. He puts a lot of thought into his writing as well, too, and takes so many notes. And you can tell just looking at his computer too, does so much thorough research to put things together to put out good content for you on penaltyboxradio.com. Okay. Up next, Boyd's gonna stick with us for the next two seconds to get his reaction on a few things as well. But up next, it's dumb things said on Pred's Facebook. That is back up next, Penalty Box Radio, ESPN 1025, The Game. Oh, whoa. <laughs> and welcome back to Penalty Box Radio here on ESPN 1025, The Game.
1: Whew. I'm going to be listening to that as soon as I get in the car and drive home.
0: <laughs> yeah, you, you know what I'm going to be listening to in my car? I'm going to listen to some Lizzo uh, about damn time. That's a bop.
1: That you had to introduce me to that song. I last cannot believe week. I had to introduce that to you. I cannot. Because all I ever listen to is Taylor Swift and Hamilton. But Lizzo's a bop. I know. Come I agree. On. I like the song now.
0: It is a good song. And Starship. I
1: listen to Starship. So, he-
0: <laughs> heads up, folks. Though, um, as most of you know, our final episode will be next week. Our series finale, as we are calling it, that will be airing here on two five The Game, following. The pred season wrap up show that I know Chase McCabe will be, be will be doing. So we will be on from eight PM to ten PM next week. The full hockey block is really back for that It'll be f- uh, four hours of hockey coverage uh for, yeah. for that for that Wednesday. So we'll be on from eight to ten PM for a series finale. We'll have plenty of special guests uh on that show as well. It'll be too. like old
1: times. It will be like late old on times. the air, PBR after late dark.
0: After the oh boy. Oh, boy. All right, so have you been waiting for this? Here we go. Dumb things said on Pred's Facebook. And please, let's have a new captain. So your potential (laughs) two-time Norris Trophy winner, (laughs) record-setting defenseman, is not good enough to be captain? (laughs) What? I saw plenty of comments too Like Why wasn't he out there Rallying up the troops What What do you expect From a captain During these games What do you want From them People feel like Just because what they see On the ice Is everything to evaluate A player In terms of off ice things And being a leader And a captain No idea What goes on In the locker room But need a new captain Um I don't
1: (laughs) (laughs) I mean That's like That's Comic level
0: I know I don't know if I'm alone in this, but I'm not sold on UC, spelled incorrectly because of course. <laughs> Again, a Vezina Trophy candidate, mm-hmm. so a Vezina Trophy finalist, mm-hmm. so that's two now that it might be winning individual awards from the league, and just, just, just not just sold on Sar. I don't know if I'm sold on Sar. I just don't know if I'm sold on Sar. I don't know. start your statement
2: i don't know if i'm alone in this you are a thousand percent alone. <laughs> you are totally alone um
1: what do these people want from people I, get I a have, new captain i, I just no don't idea. know about you Cesaro.
0: <clears throat> sure hope poyle and forsyberg are gone next year
1: forsyberg
0: <laughs> i'm i'm saying it like it's written <laughs> these people do not know how to spell if you're going oh, to good. trash talk a player
1: you please, gotta get their name. please, at least get their <laughs>
0: name right, because again, you're setting yourself up for failure and to be made fun of when you can't even get their damn name right.
1: Uh, he is going like I'm. For, no, from I, now on, serious. For, it's Forsyberg for Forseyburg. me.
0: Forsyberg. <laughs> okay. I say bring Mike Fisher in as general manager. Yes, the fella who has just been a, attending <laughs> uh-huh. award shows, fishing, catching deers, and hunting. <laughs> is so setting himself up to be a general manager a general right manager now i think he's happy being retired and being with his family i i just That's what so what good. is it what is it with so many fans this is for so many fan bases i'm not just picking on bread's fans so many fan bases because they just like a player instantly think
1: they can run an NHL they can team. run an
0: <laughs> NHL team mike fisher's not joe sackett he did not accomplish anything near what joe sackett did as a player it, just because it happens and is successful for one team, former player and general manager, does not mean it's going to be successful for another one, especially when Mike Fisher hasn't shown any signs of wanting to get back into it like that. Okay. That's
1: gold. Here, here's it. the last one. Okay.
0: Bring back Lavi. We wouldn't have gotten swept if we were if he was still the coach. Y'all remember what it was like before he got fired? Yeah. Do you? You remember how many people were calling for his head? Mm-hmm. Like, all of Facebook, all of Twitter, everyone,
2: because the way the team would just
0: go, bleh.
2: That's what, bleh. That was that the was sound the team.
1: that that team made.
2: <laughs> everyone was calling for him. If Lavi was here with this team, they would have been swept <laughs> in three games. So, th- abs in three. <laughs> <laughs> his, in
0: three. His time had passed. He did great things for this franchise. He really pushed them to the next Next level level. of expectations.
1: Which did the same thing for this city. Like He he took this city to a place that we had never been. Which
0: also is doing a similar thing for Washington, being in that series. But he has a lifespan for a team and how much he can squeeze out of a team. And that's totally okay. But to think that if they never fired Peter LaViolette... That Peter laviola had finished the twenty twenty season in the bubble, done the short season last year, and done this season, that they'd even be in the playoffs. There wasn't even a playoff team in twenty twenty. They just lucked into the play in round, which is still considered the postseason, but not necessarily the playoffs. So you use the term postseason now and not playoffs because they really wanted the playoffs. So <laughs> the playoff. <laughs> the playoff. And so. ironically, they
2: lucked into the playoffs with you know, that guy who's coaching now. Right. Not the guy who was coaching right. then.
0: Uh-huh. Okay. This is good. That was Dumb Things Said on Brett's Facebook. Thanks so much for tuning in.
1: Uh- <laughs> you need a new captain.
0: need a new captain.
1: I just don't know about you, <laughs> He may
0: be a two to- potential two-time Norris Trophy winner and a future Hall of Famer, but he sure can't captain my team.
1: <laughs> Get Mike Fisher to come back just to be captain.
0: I need Mike Fisher to catch deers and catch contracts.
1: <laughs> I'm going to miss this. I need Peter Laviolette to put that
0: broom away. No sweep here.
2: We use a vacuum. But you know, he uh, he uh, put a, a bullhead on once. So yeah. Everybody thinks he's the greatest coach of all time. It's a different that kind does. of suck. <laughs> all
0: right.
2: Let's get to oh, our questions.
0: Good. We'll we'll. This is fan-driven now, <laughs> fan-driven episode, whether you're a dumb fan or a fan that has questions. This is a fan-driven episode. Uh, <laughs> let's get right to them. This one comes from a fantastic listener to the show, a big supporter of the show, Brandy, who's, as we talked about before, her Twitter handle is uh, Bradney. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> that whole story. If the NHL made it a rule each team needed to hire a celebrity to be a life inspiration hype, uh, the players coach. Who should the Preds hire?
1: Gary Vaynerchuk.
0: You're gonna get some very divisive responses to that. I think
1: that's why I said you it. You like want
0: Gary V? All that's right. I
1: did. That's why I said it. He can hype up some people, though. He can. He can hype up some people.
0: He absolutely can. I'm. If, oh, if, go if, if
1: people were like bothered by it, they would be like, you know what? I'm just gonna go out there and play my best anyway, just to show him out. I don't need him. I don't know.
0: You know. I don't need no man.
1: I don't need no. I don't need no Gary V in here. <laughs>
0: Right. Right. Okay. No, that's fair. That's fair. Uh, for me, hmm. I'm going to go with I'm going to go with Chris Evans, the actor. Yes. Okay. Celebrity. I'm just making sure. Is it celebrity? Yeah. He's. A celebrity. Oh, I
1: know. I was just making sure I had the right person. He's freaking I'm,
0: Captain America. I mean.
1: I know, but you know, I don't watch that. I was just making sure I had the right person. Boyd, who'd you Chris go Evans. with? Evans. Let me Google him.
2: Well, we are Tennessee, yeah. and and I'm going to play to the fans here. Um Dolly Parton. Oh, that's <gasps> good. Oh, boy. Dolly rolls in, just full Tennessee queen. Oh, boy. Tells them gold. to get going. Boyd wins. They're gonna, Boyd, you win. They're going to skate through walls. If you can't win for Dolly, then it, you don't deserve to be playing. I was
1: just thinking the same thing. Like, there's no divisiveness. Uh, everybody. Like,
2: yeah. She is a show stealer. Yeah, and she wouldn't
1: even have to say anything. She could just walk in and just, like, wink at him or just look at him, and she would have that look in her eyes, and you're like, you Y'all know what
0: I've accomplished? Yes, ma'am. Go and match.
1: Yeah. Yes, (laughs) ma'am.
2: I turned down Elvis Presley. What can you do? (laughs) (laughs) Okay. This one comes from a TJ.
0: Thoughts on Jason Arnott's comments on Radilov and Suter from the Cam and Strict podcast? oh boy boy.
1: that's what my (laughs) thought was (laughs) oh
0: boy first of all if you haven't seen these where have you been if you haven't listened to these little clips the rattle of one 100 makes sense Mm -hmm. i think we all kind of sense that in terms of just attitude and being aloof and everything vibe or feel a vibe of that but the suitor one shocking yeah shocking in regards to i think we knew there was some ego stuff there yeah but didn't realize it was to that extent exactly uh and then that's just him basically saying too. That's one of the reasons why Minnesota bought him out was that they weren't going to put up with that anymore mm-hmm. too. Very curious because he com- he f- threw in Weber's name and how they're very different. The as stark leaders. contrast
1: between the two, yep. which I loved because it further reinforced why everybody appreciated everything yes. that Shea Weber is as a leader and was here as a leader. Yes, um, instead but, of complaining, but to have them on just completely opposite sides of the spectrum in the locker room was that was very interesting.
0: Yeah, yeah. I. Whew, that was, uh, it's so far removed, but it's one of those things when you think as a, uh, think back, because this was a long, this was a decade ago. Oh, yeah. This was this was a long time ago, and it's taking this long for comments to come out like that. It just shows, too, in the NHL how tight people keep things mm-hmm. to their chest. Very tight, because that just, that stuff doesn't come out. That comes out in the NFL and the NBA so much more, because they embrace personality more, especially yeah, in the NBA.
1: But also how much it. Like, he really felt it. To talk oh, about you it can 10 tell years Arna. later. Yeah, I mean, yeah. It's, to mention that, it's, yeah.
0: Well, especially because Arna looked like a lazy player a lot of times, too, out there. The way he wouldn't back check. <laughs> he wouldn't. <laughs> he wouldn't. It's like, dude, the play's going the other way. This isn't beer league. Back check, man. You're the captain. Remember,
1: Kostitzen just went back to the bench. <laughs> oh, in <and> Edmonton. <laughs> oh, hey, the play is going our way. Uh, Change. <laughs> Time to change. I will never forget that game as long as i live.
0: And everybody just hands up, like,
1: "What are you what doing? <laughs> Why are you changing?" He's like, "Oh man, I'm tired, man. I'm just gonna sorry. sit down for a, a second. shift's
0: over. You know,
2: just, uh, just think
1: about what I want to eat when I leave here. It, <laughs> and just
0: God.
2: had or, a
1: lot on my plate.
2: If you needed one play." To just highlight the death of that era of the Predators. (laughs) It 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 is literally (laughs) that one. That's
0: definitely it. One more question before we have to go to break. Uh, Let's see. This one's from Noah. Is there anyone that is untouchable going into the offseason or just about everybody? I think there's plenty of untouchables on this team Mm -hmm. because I don't think it's a need to blow up the roster situation. It's a need to blow up other parts of things like who's managing the roster. That's more of where I come in because I think there's still lots of bright spots in terms of youth on this team. There's mm-hmm. bright spots in terms of if Forsberg and Duchesne can get close to what they did. 30-goal they, seasons. I don't expect them to have another 40-goal season. It would be great if they did, but just getting to 30, or even if Duchesne gets to 25, he can still be successful and earn that money. They don't have to get to these new heights every single season, but just to produce. So, I, Yossi, obviously. It's untouchable mm-hmm. Soros isn't because i do not think this team's going into a full rebuild mode i seriously don't whether we want them to or not that team is not going into a full rebuild they're going to take what they have and build along with that mm-hmm. um johansson could be expendable Duchesne, if they want to go to full rebuild he actually has a little bit more value now not a lot because it's still previousness but has a little bit more value i think those are the untouchables forsberg obviously is untouchable if you resign him mm-hmm. uh, as well too thomasino i think is an untouchable because the future is right there as well yep. Most everything else, I think I think Ekholm would only be because he just re-signed. I don't think they're going to do that to mess with that, what they could do politically for trying to re-sign other players and stuff Mm -hmm. like their signed free agents. Those would be mine.
1: Well, yeah. I mean, I think you nailed it. I would obviously use Tessaris and Roman Yossi. If I had to narrow the list down. To two. Those are (laughs) obviously my untouchables.
0: Alright, all right. well, up next we're going to continue answering your questions because you gave us a lot of questions and we cannot thank you enough for just being interactive with us from the get-go for the past 10 years of interacting with us, giving us questions and topics you want us to talk about and to answer. So up next we're going to continue that trend. Penalty Box Radio, ESPN 1025 The Game. And welcome back to Penalty Box Radio here on ESPN 1025 The Game. Uh-huh. Justin Bradford, Glenn Blackwell, Producer Jared, Boyd Ferris still sitting with us.
1: I don't know about Do- y'all, but I'm hyped.
0: Dolly Parton, the queen. <laughs> the queen. Our Dolly queen.
1: Hype me up. Our
0: Parton saint. Dolly Parton. The best. All right. Get back to your questions that have come in over Twitter. Uh, this one comes from Mark Sheik, friend of the show. Covers the Columbus Blue Jackets. Uh, which young players really stepped up end of season and playoffs and showed they'll be a big part of the future moving forward? And why is it Phil Tomasino? In terms of stepped up, I overall, I'm not say, necessarily saying stepped up. Philip Tomasino did what he needed to do in his rookie year to show that he has the potential to be a top six forward for this team in the future. The pressure was not on him to come mm-hmm. out and just be explosive, like there was so much pressure on Ellie Tolvin in, for years now yeah. to come and be explosive. Philip Tomasino has done what he needed to do to show the flashes, especially on breakaways, which will come for him to actually seal the deal on those breakaways. Mm-hmm. But he showed the prowess and the offensive ability to be positionally sound, We'll obviously improve on defense. We'll get more time in the power play. All those things will add up that he is the player that is young and has the actual future ahead of him to turn yeah. out as a guy that you should be able to count on in the future for 60 points.
1: Yeah, and that's and not like too that- far. I like that we didn't have that expectation on him. You didn't see right. that. And because I, I hated that for Ellie Tolbin, and I just I don't think it's fair to put that on a young player. But I think that Tomasino showed us exactly what we wanted to see. Um, I think that's all that you wanted to see at this stage for him is knowing that he can be a consistent player further down the line um, as he obviously continues to develop and improve. But yeah, I mean, he answered it for us. Why is it Phil Tomasino?
2: <laughs> so. Uh, I get that I'm basically a Stan account for this at this point, but Yakov Trenin deserves a lot of credit. Mm -hmm. Came out, scored 17 goals, I think 16 of them at 5-on-5. And in my opinion, is probably their best penalty-killing forward. That's great. He is spectacular and makes every single player that he plays with better. Mm -hmm. And whether that's just eye test, the analytics bear it out, everybody plays better with Yakov Trenin, and he should absolutely be a core member of this team. Maybe it's that third-line role going forward, but he really showed what he's capable of this season.
0: Absolutely. This one comes from Christopher. Next prospect to make the team, last year we figured Tomasino, who is it for 22-23? Afanasyev, Evangelista, Davies. Uh, I think Afanasyev has an opportunity, depending on what moves are made, But I still think he's going to start the season in Milwaukee and be a midseason call-up. Evangelista was assigned to Milwaukee uh, today, so there's big hope for him to eventually make that push. And he's one of those guys that there's going to be that transition from junior to pro, but there's some expectations that he could be one of those guys that, who knows, if he has a really good camp, could be there. I think Davies needs to be on the roster to start the season. He has had his little call-ups. Now's the time to shine. He is 25 years old. It is time to put him on the roster and see what he's made of. Because you saw some mistakes that were made by Dante Fabro. I think we have an idea now what Dante Fabro is. And it's not meeting those expectations. Give Davey some time. I think there's that's what you want to see. And I'd also like to see Ferentz be a midseason call-up next year as well, too. Those those young guys that I want to see. Excuse me. Come in. <clears throat> Woo! Voice just going out of nowhere. Thanks, allergies. But mid midseason call-up, Evangelista, I think, has might, maybe a better chance to make the Roster out of camp, then of just because that offensive upside if he shows that speed like he did in the OHL. Anyone else that I missed, Boyd? I would
2: say Cody Glass. I mean, I mean he, yo, gosh, he only yeah. had his, I mean, little cup of coffee this year, but was excellent in Milwaukee. Yeah. By the way, first game back in Milwaukee again, their playoff game against Manitoba already has a goal. Yeah. And he so. has been he has been excellent and low key. If you're going to think about trading one of those centers, that's that's the role he slides right into. Yeah. And I thought that Tolvenin Tomasino, and Glass Line, when they played together at times, they were electric. Oh yeah. So there's some real, youth. real opportunity there to put that young group that can grow together. And that that is a group that needs to get more time together.
0: Yeah, absolutely. All right. Doyle comes in. In this age of hockey when skill and speed trumps heavy hockey, uh, do you believe that assertion? Does it make sense for the Predators to keep playing heavy and parading to the penalty box, especially with so many dangerous power play units? That's a good question. I think balance is important. I think they went so heavy on being heavy and hard to play against that they were taking too many penalties, as Boyd said in his segment too, that you can play a style of hockey that is difficult to play against, Without taking lazy penalties, without taking stick penalties, without taking, well, crap, I got beat penalties. That's what the problem became for the Predators is in this series, too. Whether it's a hooking penalty, a holding penalty, a tripping, those are penalties that you take when you get beat because the speed got to you. So playing heavy is not something I want to see the Preds continue to do. Hard hitting, hard checking, being physical. Towing that line, yes. I want to continue to see that to happen because a guy like Tanner, Janot, Jakob Trennan should be able to pull that off. A guy like Nick Cousins, I don't want to see in the roster next year. A guy like Mark love that guy in terms of what he does for the community and everything. But a thing is getting to that point out too. I'd almost rather see him in a front office role or in a community ambassador because he does so much good for the community. Because I get worried for him sometimes when he's fighting now too. So that's kind of what what I see in that manner. We're gonna move right along. Just we have so many questions here too. Multiple people ask who gets Barry Trotz and is it the Nashville Predators? I no. <laughs> I don't. Barry Trotz is not coming back to Nashville. That's there's opportunities out there for him if he wants to continue coaching and I bet he does and I don't think it's Nashville he was let go from Nashville he went on and won a cup I just don't see that being a thing there's still obviously connections here and everything like that but I don't see them running it back and I don't know if I'd want them to run it back with Barry Trotz
1: no I mean (laughs) i I think that is another scenario where people would be romanticizing something. I mean, I was one of those people that... Listen to my voice now. I'm doing the same thing you were doing. (laughs) Um, I was one of those people that you know felt like a family member was moving away when Barry Trotz left because everybody had grown so close to him and he was always so kind when you'd see him out and about. Um, But I don't think that that would be the proper move for the Predators going forward. I think it's easy to say, oh, because everybody adores him, but... (laughs)
0: Well, nice cough there from Glenn. We're going to roll through a bunch of them here with some quickies. Uh, Graham asked, what does Trennan's next contract look like? How much did it go up based on his playoff performance? I'd like to see Trennan. I think he deserves to have a little bit longer of a contract. I'd like to see uh, Trennan get something like a three-year 1.5. I think it would be fair for him, and I think that's a nice big plus for him. Boyd, anything different, especially with how you've evaluated before?
2: No, I I think that fits. Um, you're, I mean, you're almost looking at a version of the Kelly yarncroke special. Okay, yeah. Maybe it's not out to six years because that's a, a bit on the long side, especially he's a little bit older at, at 25. But yeah, you want to lock in a player like that for at least three, four years. Keep it under two million. That's a win.
0: All right, we we missed a bunch. I know we're, we'll if we have to get to him next week, we will because I want to make sure people get these questions answered because they're not like immediate because it's not a game thing. Um, but this one I want to make sure we answer because it's a good friend of the show who we just had on the show too, uh, Kyle Perkins. Glenn, you're going to go first on this one. What do I'm you really... want your legacy to be?
1: Kyle, that is like one of my favorite questions in the world. I actually told the guys um, earlier that this is like one of my like first date questions. <laughs> I ask people like, what do they want to be remembered by the most when they're gone? And for me... It's that I want everybody that, not that I ever crossed paths with, because that just wouldn't be, I guess, I don't know, realistic. But I just want people to feel loved and important when they were with me and around me. That's something that I always felt with my grandfather, who I was named after. And so I've grown up with this idea of, like, I want to emulate that. Um, so I just want people to, to be feel loved when they're with me.
0: I think that's What fantastic. about you? It's it's good simple and fantastic because there's mm-hmm. so much behind that even though it may sound simple mm-hmm. there's so much behind that of love and caring for me all my legacy to be known as someone that was a that that would grow someone that could evolve someone that pushed people to be better that pushed people to their limits that wanted and expected more out of others because I knew that they had it in them as well as to the, someone that gave people opportunity Uh, And some people that just saw that the best that there was in other people uh, and to be an encourager um, because if people didn't feel the confidence in something, whether it's through radio or on my hockey team, to show that they do have confidence, they do have skill, they do have it within them to achieve their goals.
1: And you have a very good way of bringing that out in people.
0: Well, thank you. Thank you. That's that's what I want my legacy to be continuing on, like not even just not just the end of the show, but. Into life in general, that mm-hmm. that I can be that person that can be a good supporter and a good per- a person that can be there to encourage them when they may not feel like they're doing anything right, but know that they are and that they do belong, that that they are included, that they mm-hmm. are loved uh, as well too, that they that they have a voice mm-hmm. and that they should use that voice. That's. That's what I want my. Yeah, legacy
1: my legacy was more like life. Well, yeah, yeah, of <laughs> like, course. Like when I'm dead and gone. <laughs>
0: well, big thank you to Mr. Boyd Farish for joining us. Really appreciate it's you, been sir. it so
1: much fun having you. Yeah, thanks here. for joining
0: us, man.
2: It's it's been great being here. I've I've enjoyed
0: every moment. So thank well, you thank very you. much. Absolutely, and he'll have more content coming out. So make sure you're following him as well at Boyd underscore 1212. I really enjoy the work that he does. And for producer Jared and Glenn Blackwell, this is Justin Bradford. Tune in next week for the series finale of Penalty Box Radio right here on 102.5 The Game, 8 p.m. to 10 p.m. following the Predator season wrap-up show. Uh, Thanks again for tuning in Penalty Box Radio here on ESPN, 102.5 The Game.